Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along. If you are hearing the sound of the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show on a Thursday rather than a Tuesday, you are not mistaken. We are here on Thursday. I would say it's the trade deadline show, and that's why we moved it to Thursday, but that would be an outright lie. Uh, It's more like the Blizzard of Toronto show. Wow, Jake's really having a good time today. Yeah. Jake's uh, not doing well. He'll be okay. I'll give him his basketball show in about two minutes, and he'll be fine. Show starts, Jake goes nuts. That's the way it works. <laughs> well, it happens so, to the best of us. He's, a, he's upset about yeah, but, Wayne Wade going back to Philly, going back to Miami. Well, was, well I was about to say, at least, at least Jake didn't get traded today because it seems like the whole Cleveland Cavaliers team outside of LeBron um, – LeBron, Tristan Thompson, and Kevin Love did. And if you look at the Lakers, they kind of changed their whole team. The Knicks made a couple of deals in the last couple of weeks. It was a fun trade deadline for what was supposed to be a very, very quiet trade deadline. And I think the big question here going forward, at least for the Cleveland Cavaliers, is can you – I don't know many teams in – in any sport that have been able to change the majority of their players, or at least the players that play uh, the majority of minutes on the fly in the middle of a season and still make it to the finals or even win an NBA championship. I don't know many teams that have been able to do that, if any, and they're changing probably 40 to 50% of the minutes in they February. Are. And it's a really interesting it was a really interesting play how this went about and welcome to the show everybody always always going to be talking and apologies for the crying not often am i changing a diaper in the middle of our show or in the beginning of our show for that matter wow but, that's uh, really crappy yeah but i'm well done all right uh, you you look at this team and you 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 look at what they got you now have a young, long, athletic team. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you saw someone who could run with LeBron James, like Larry Nance can? Or a real three who's long and can defend and can score like Rodney Hood? You know, you, they brought in four guys who are going to get significant, significant burned. And... You know, you're going to look at a team that's going to take a month to a month and a half to try and see if they can get this thing to gel. You know, this is, as you said, you're bringing in four guys, and as, as great a passer and as great in that regard as LeBron can be, it's, they're young. There's talent, although George Hill's not young. But they're young, and it's, it's, it's a completely new system and a completely new team. But I think... I actually think that they did an excellent job with these trades because even if LeBron leaves, you do have some young talent under, you know, with with Clarkson and Nance and Hood who are under contract for a little while. 
You didn't trade your Brooklyn pick. And I think that I think this really kind of still re- reinforces you as, as the uh, you know as a favorite in the East. All right, so let's assume that they can get their act together, that they formulate and gel, which is no which is no easy task. We we just saw a all pro, an all NBA second team player not be able to gel with the best player in basketball. We 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 just went through this. Right, and not to say right. that these are the same guys because they're not. They're complementary more than they are shoot and score. I get that, and let's assume that they can do that with some efficiency because they only have three months to do it. They once again have the most talent in the in the NBA East. Uh, after these trades, I think I think they have. If everybody comes to gel. And this team plays like way that they could play. They are a much better team today than they were yesterday, and they are the best team talent-wise in the NBA East. Now that's a big ask, right? That's a big ask to basically go through a training camp in February to try and get your guys in gear. But they made their defense better with Hill. They got longer with Hood. By the way, Rodney Hood is a free agent after this year. He's a restricted free I thought, agent. Really? I, so I didn't. Oh, yes. restricted. Okay. Restricted free agent. Hill is said, thirty-one. He's a guy you can build. You can build a team. You can as a good complementary part. He's not the number one, but he can be a solid two Correct. or three. Correct. So let's let's say LeBron leaves your number one becomes Kevin Love, and you're building a compliment around Kevin Love. That's not a bet. That's still a playoff team if you re-sign yeah. Hood. This is still a playoff team. The question yeah, I, I have, I, I, I like the trade going to the Lakers. I love, I like the Isaiah Thomas trade and the Channing Fry going to the Lakers. I didn't understand why they had to give up a first-round pick. Um, I thought that they were giving up more than they were getting to begin with. And the Lakers were getting everything that they wanted in that they were getting two guys on one-year deals. They were going to be able to blow out the cap after this year. And they got rid of Clarkson, who was the only guy on a two-year deal. Uh, and Nance was on a two-year deal. I didn't quite understand why they had to throw the first-round pick in there. But give Kobe Altman a lot of credit because he just blew his team up midseason. He saw something in 15 games. He said, this isn't working. I'm not going anywhere. I can't convince LeBron to come back, even though I'm not sure I have a chance of convincing him to come back, with the team that I have today. And all I see is Isaiah Thomas blowing up my locker room and blaming everybody but himself when he's having a horrendous year. Props to Kobe Altman. Props to Dan Gilbert who took on more salary, long-term, not short-term. Short-term, they actually made out under the, uh, under the cap. Right, because of the Isaiah, because they're getting rid of Isaiah's contract. Yeah. Right. And no, actually, Isaiah's contract overall, was low. I'm sorry. It was. It was six and a half. But they actually right. took, Channing's was they actually took back. Bigger. Yeah, they took back less than they gave by like a million and a half. But for them, that's four and a half million because of the uh, – because of a luxury tax. Kudos also to Sacramento. Now, look, 
they didn't get very much for George Hill. In fact, they got a second-round pick. That's all they got. But they understood that they needed to reset. They understood that the signing of George Hill was a mistake, that he's holding back – oh, I can't remember the – DeAndre Fox? The Aaron, the guy, the Aaron right? Fox. The Aaron Fox. The Aaron Fox. Almost got it. I got the apostrophe right anyway. The Aaron <laughs> Fox. He was holding back the younger group. Now, nobody quite understood why they made that signing to begin with in the summer, but Dan Gilbert takes – everybody got what they needed out of this trade. This was the first trade yeah. in the NBA in a long time that I said, okay, good for them, good for Utah, good for the Kings, good for the Lakers, and good for the Cats. What did everybody you- wins. Well, because Sacramento is going to release Joe Johnson. I assume we'll release Joe Johnson. That would make more sense to me. Um, And then he'll either go to – I don't think a Houston – people are saying Houston. I don't see it. I see a Boston or I see – I really think Oklahoma City makes sense. Um, Oh, I got one for you. I don't think either – any of those teams. Uh, Dwayne Wade just left Cleveland. Right. He went to Miami. Why doesn't Joe Johnson just just go right there? That's the perfect spot for him. I don't know. You think Sacramento did well on this? I mean, I do because Sacramento. So Sacramento got Joe Johnson. That's the equivalent of what they got. They also got three million dollars to pay for Joe Johnson. I, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I wrong. I meant Utah. Sorry. I mean, yeah. So Utah they, they was not going to resign back. Rodney Hood. They weren't going to resign. Did they, have, did they have no shot at him? That I didn't know. Well, the, the point was Rodney, Rodney Hood is a restricted free agent. So in all likelihood, he's going to get a 15 to $18 million contract after this year. He's 25 right. years old. He's very long. And that's what the M- Teams that have money, and there won't be many of them, that's the type of player they want, right? They want that. Well, Donovan, with Donovan Mitchell taking over in Utah, Rodney Hood was basically redundant. He, he was – Donovan he wasn't was the more guy. of a two-guard than I think a Hood was. I mean, I get your point, but I'm not sure if I agree. Um, well, okay. Hood was well, not I mean, getting again, I'm three not sure pointers this year. Hood wasn't hitting three-pointers this year. He was supposed to take that dominant lead from Gordon Hayward leaving. And he didn't didn't take that step. So Donovan Mitchell became the A guy. You're not going to pay Rodney Hood if you're Utah, 16 to $18 million to not be a number one guy. They just don't have it. They They just got Gobert on a new contract. They're going to have to re-sign Mitchell in two years to a new contract. I mean, they have to look at this long-term. And long-term, they just got Jay Crowder for $6.5 million for the next two years. For Rodney Hood. If, it, if it's, if not it's the, the Jay Crowder of, of Boston, not the Jay Crowder of Cleveland, you get yourself a bargain. Agreed. Well, agreed. But Jay Crowder of Utah uh, – sorry, Jay Crowder of Boston – is more of a complimentary player that's not really all finagling with, with – look, when you go and play with LeBron, you, I can't imagine that's an easy task. 
yes, he's the best player in the world. But LeBron's a ball hog, right? Everything's got to run through him. Everything. He does what he you wants. Think, you think he was and, more of a ball hog than Kyrie? Well, Jay Crowder never played with Kyrie. That's true. That, that is true. He didn't play with Kyrie because he's part of the Kyrie trade. Um, he played with know, Isaiah Thomas. And was, the Tom, difference who was is, a ball hog as well. Agreed. But the, differ, but the difference between Isaiah Thomas and LeBron James is because LeBron <laughs> is so big, he does things down low that Isaiah just can't do, right? Nobody else in the NBA can do what he does. <laughs> He, he, he does everything well, and he takes up space where guys that are 6'9 generally feel like they should be, not the guy that brings up the ball should be. I mean, Jay Crowder is very similar. I mean, if you want to we, – we always say that, that Magic and LeBron are the comparison, right? That's the way LeBron really is. LeBron is much more of a Magic than a Michael. We've said this numerous yeah. times. And that's great, except LeBron is much more of a scorer than Magic ever was, right? Agreed. Agreed. Jay Crowder is the equivalent of A.C. Green. A nice role player who doesn't have sex until marriage? No, a nice role player that just plays defense. Okay. And gets six to eight points a game six to eight boards a game, and you're happy. That's what Jay Crowder does. But when you have LeBron playing down low half the time, it's very difficult. So, yeah, I don't know even how if you, you get Jay... I don't I understand your point, but I don't, although I'm not sure... You, I don't know how you reconcile him being a ball... LeBron being a ball hog and LeBron being compared to Magic in the same sentence. No. I think that's uh, what a I'm really is, weird draw. We, be, we believe that LeBron's skills are more to the Magic side than the Michael side. Yes, I agree. When Magic needed to be a ball hog, he was, correct? 1980, 80 championship game, 42 points, blah, yeah. blah, 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 right? Played center. Mm-hmm. Could do it if he, if he wanted to. He certainly could have done it, but he didn't. LeBron does it. All the time. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I can live with that. Um, and it's not—it's—it's it's not a negative for for that team. He has to do it. He absolutely has to. But it's incredible. I have to—I can't say it's incredibly hard. I have no idea. But I have to feel it's incredibly hard to play with a guy like that. Most Much likely. the same way as last year. I'm sure it was incredibly hard to play with Russell Westbrook if you were an Oklahoma City guy because you just knew every single thing is going through that guy. They don't even run plays for anybody else. So, so what do you think? I of, think everybody wins. So, yeah. I mean, some of the other trades, I mean, Alfred Payton, who's just been a huge disappointment other than his throw, uh, goes to Phoenix who kind of needed that, I don't know, you know, for kind of nothing. Um, we talked about Griffin. The Knicks made a couple trades, well, uh, trading for – I'm sorry, were you going to say something? Well, I think this – Alfred Payton is, is a similar type to Rodney Hood. 
because how do you, both of how those do you guys came out. Both of those, well, no, I'm not talking about players. I'm talking about contracts. So both of those okay. players will be restricted free agents after this year. Their teams do not want to spend big money on them. They just don't. I mean, is Alfred Payton worth $10 million a year? No. no. Somebody's going to pay him like – somebody's going to pay him the mid-level exemption, which – exception, mid-level exception, excuse me, which will be 8 to $9 million a year. Somebody will pay him that amount. I don't know. So if he – oh, I, I do. I'll be honest with you. I don't I know. I hope so. I mean, oh, do you hope so? Because I'm saying I don't know. I mean, no, I'm hoping I, so that I, you'll be honest with me. <laughs> yeah, I, I see him as he he's kind of become a bottom of the rotation player. You know, an eighth man, a ninth man, you know, comes in to play good defense for a few minutes, can back up your point guard. But I don't see him as a, as I don't see him in that in the eight figure range. I see him in the five to six million. You know, I don't I don't know what the mid level except okay flash of them. Okay, let's point. even. Okay, I said I said eight to nine. Let's go five I to six. Looked. Is he even? Is he even worth that? No, no. But that's what Orlando would have had to pay to retain his services. He's not worth. Oh it. no 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 no. I I, I agree. I'm, that wasn't. I was more surprised that Phoenix took a run at him. I guess it makes sense. Well, they didn't give up very okay, much, I and t- I guess it makes sense with Bledsoe gone. And they need a backup for Devin Booker, who's young and no, maybe he no. can develop it. I don't see it that way. I see him playing with Booker. You think he's going to be a so, starting point guard? Yeah. So, at least for the rest of the season. Because look at it this way. So, the only point guard that Phoenix has is the injured Brandon Knight, who can't play the rest of the year. And Number he's barely two. a point guard. What's the – yeah. What's the one thing that Devin Booker does really well? Shoot. What's the one thing that Alfred Payton can't do at all? Shoot. What's the one thing that Devin Booker can't do at all? Pass. Play defense. Or play defense. Play defense. What's the, what's the one thing that Alfred Payton's really good at? I don't know if he's really good at, but he's a, but he's a decent defensive player. Alfred Payton is a very good defensive player. He, I think, look, when Alfred Payton first came out of college, people were comparing him to Ron John Rondo. He could play defense. He could throw the ball. He's lightning quick. That's who he is. And he went to a team, the Magic, who don't have one guy that can shoot. Not one. There's still not one guy on that team that could shoot the ball consistently well. So now he's going to a team where he can dribble and he can play defense and he can pass the ball to, le- to at least one legitimate guy that can hit an outside shot. I, I think this is a good match. I think it's a good match. What, what I was trying to say was you have teams that don't want to pay players, teams that are up against salary caps, people, teams that are up against luxury taxes this year. After two years ago where they – where they just shelled out more money than God when the salary cap jumped as high. It's the Kevin Durant year when the salary cap jumped $20 million for the last two years, it's been relatively stagnant. 
next year, not this summer, but the following summer, it should go up five to six million. But the last two years have been relatively stagnant. Teams do not teams are still suffering from the contracts that they gave two years ago. And now they're up against yeah. this tax where they're saying, I don't want to pay Rodney Hood fifteen million dollars. I don't want to pay Alfred Payton seven million dollars. To me, they are not worth it. I'm not getting that much better because of those two players, especially Orlando. I might as get I might as well get what I can get. And in Utah, yeah, they're taking a run at sorry, I'm blanking on the name. I just had it. Derek, Derek Rose. Who are you just Derek talking Rose. about? No. No, no. Who are we talking about? Oh, Jay Crowder. Uh, they're taking a run at Jay Crowder, but Jay Crowder is under contract for two more years at six and a half million dollars. Okay, like you said, if you can get a ninth man for $6 million, you're doing okay. They expect him to be a lot more than a ninth man, and playing him with Jobert I think will be an excellent pairing, and I think Derek Favors is running out of time too in Utah. I was actually surprised he was not traded today. The only surprise I thought bigger was I was shocked that Tyreek Evans wasn't traded. From a oh, Memphis yeah. team going nowhere, and where you could have potentially gotten a first-round pick. Um, no, no, that was the thing. Nobody was giving him a first-round pick. I thought the higher Nobody. end, like the not like the Boston at pick twenty-eight or twenty-nine, I thought was out there. Okay, if it wasn't, then I'm not. Then I guess they should they should have taken the best that they could get, because you know Tyreek is going to score his points, and then that team is going nowhere unfortunately, and he'll, he'll be back on the, he'll be out there on the free agent market soon enough. So as a Knicks fan, you've had a brutal week. Um, not that uh-huh. you had much hope going in, but Porzingis out for the year. You traded, uh-huh. you know, a, you know, a guy who was pretty good for you last year and, you know, Herman Gomez for practically nothing. And then you 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 draft the first your first round pick is a is a point guard, and now you trade for another young point guard in Mude. Again, not giving up an enormous amount, but I don't I just don't really like what you've done. I'm not loving it. Well, I'm certainly not loving a torn ACL for my guy. That's number one. No. Um, considering the fact that he is probably out until a year from now, so February of next year. So what what are the Knicks doing? The Knicks are out of the playoffs, no doubt. Uh, they gave up McDermott and a second-round pick, uh, and they got Mudai in, in a three-way deal. i got to tell you, I like it. I really like it. Because Mudai is an untapped, unknown whatever. And you're taking it. Mudai, by the way, is in the same draft as Favors and Peyton. They're all coming up for the same deals. So not taking a shot and looking. Sorry, sorry, Hood, 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 you're right. Sorry. I confused those Utah Jazz guys. So you, they're all coming up in one of the worst drafts in recent memory of those three guys. And they're all coming up as restricted free agents, and teams are looking whether they should take a shot. Like, maybe Mudai in Denver just didn't fit, especially once they got Jamal Murray. Maybe. Who knows? So he comes in. Remember, Mudai's 6'6". Nikolija 
is 6'4". These guys aren't the smallish point guards. And can one of them guard a two-guard? Maybe. I don't know. But right now, the Knicks are in the dumpster dive. And I would have loved to have seen them trade away Kyle O'Quinn uh, in, in my loving dreams, Yaquim uh, Noah, which, well, which was in my loving dreams. If they're lucky, they'll be able to buy him out. But the fact is, I didn't mind that trade. The Herman Gomez trade I minded because now you're giving up a young player at $1.5 million on the cap for basically nothing. I didn't that like was, that one at all. And that was where I should – I was kind of saying it cumulatively. Of the three – well, obviously, the Porzingis is a disaster. Um, the Herman Gomez, although I knew he requested a trade, I was shocked at the – considering this was a guy who was an all-rookie pick last year, I was stunned how little how little he got yep. from it. And I was – I just didn't like it at all. Now the Mude, I get it. McDermott is a nice rotation. You know, is a is a three is a, is a Kyle Korver light, which is not really what you need yeah. for a team that's you know eighteen and thirty two, or twenty and thirty. Yep. You know, he's a guy who would, ironically, would probably be perfect back in Oklahoma City, where you can yep. bring him off the bench. They need a three point shooter to cup. You know, couldn't hurt. You know, so going to you know he's going to Dallas where he'll get some time. I'm assuming, you know, he'll be the backup for Harrison Barnes. But it seems like, you know, when you get these three and D, I mean, he's not even a D guy. You know, you get a three, you got a guy who's a straight three-point shooter. <laughs> he's just that's a three all guy. He's a three yeah. guy. So, you know, he's not a yeah. three like he's a small forward. I mean, he is, but he, all he does is shoot threes. It really only works when you're in a team, when you're a team that's really competing, where you need that niche, that niche. And to me, yep. you know, going to Dallas, it seems like a pointless, it seems pointless, but regardless, it's, you know, I agree, you know, I, I should have rephrased this. I apologize. I have Jake throwing balls at me while I'm trying to host the show. So I'm not on the top of my game here, but again, giving up Mouday for, for you take a shot on it. You see what happens. It's a no, it's kind of, isn't, a no it, ir- no isn't it ironic? Who do you, in the last say 30 years, and I'm, uh, I don't expect you to get this. Who's the best pure shooter that college has ever brought out? And let, let me rephrase so you get have at least a chance at this. He played against Syracuse in the 1987 uh, championship game. So it's Steve Alford. Steve Alford. Wouldn't Steve Alford be perfect in today's NBA? Good in the 80s. But in today's NBA, he's just Doug McDermott. Too, no, he's too small. Um, cause he would. Ha- I think what would happen would be he would he pretty much. I think to me the advanced version of him is a JJ Redick, but JJ Redick is much more athletic. See, Alfred wasn't an athlete, but he correct. He wasn't. I don't think his game would fit. Um, I don't think he'd be able to get the shots off, and okay. I, he'd be abused defensively. Um, because look, well, they're all abused defensively. Yeah, I get that, but it's a little bit easier to be abused <laughs> when you're six seven, six eight, like McDermott, as opposed to six two, six three. I don't see it. Okay. It. Okay. What's that? No, not nothing. Um, what did, yeah. what did they get for Herman Gomez? They got like a second round pick or 
Yeah, they got a second-round pick, which they, I believe they traded today <laughs> in, the, uh, in the Doug McDermott deal. Um, they got a second-round pick and a guy, I believe his name was Johnny O'Brien. Like, it was yeah, just I, I, I had never awful. heard of him. I've heard of everybody, and I've never heard of this guy. Yeah, Johnny O'Brien. So I'm looking him up now. He's played with five teams. He's played with Milwaukee, Denver, Charlotte, and now the Knicks. Where, so his fifth team. where was he drafted? At? Where was he drafted out of? Where, we, where did he go to school? I'm Hold trying, on. Is, I, I, he I, went I guess, to school at Louisiana. He went to school at Louisiana State University. Okay. LSU. Yep. He was the second round pick of the Milwaukee Bucks in the 2014 draft. It vaguely, vaguely rings a bell. Vaguely, vaguely, vaguely. Um, but, geez, that's a, for a guy who was an all-rookie pick just a year ago, in a position where it's so difficult to, I mean, it's not as necessary, but when you get us, I just, I don't get it. Neither do I. I don't. I don't. I don't care if, so, he, if he wants so he, to. He was that's waived it, by Milwaukee. He was signed by the Wizards. He was waived by the Wizards. He signed a 10-day contract with the Nuggets, another 10-day contract with the Nuggets, a 10-day contract with the Hornets, a second 10-day contract with the Hornets, then signed a, a multi-year contract, and then got traded. And, Jake, I'm just like you. I want to raise two. I want more playing time. I want to get traded. Please, IPC, trade me somewhere else where I can get all those things, even though you have absolutely no obligation to do it. Please do that. Did, did you just say, like, Welcome you think to, my, son wants to be traded, my son wants to be traded to another family? No, I think Jake's just yelling. So I'm, I'm yeah, all he, about the yelling for, for something else. It's Fair screaming. Enough. That's all well, I'm saying. He's, 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 he's pegging balls at his dad's head, so he's he, he's he's using energy. He's learning early. He's learning early. Damn straight. If you'd like to call in seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six, we did have a pretty important game last week. Not to me. Yeah. Unless you're talking about the Maryland Wisconsin game. Uh, there wasn't anything of that importance to me, but I do have to congratulate my friends down, my long, long suffering friends down in Philly. Um, it was, it wasn't the best game I've ever seen, but man, it was fun. And well, it, it may have been the best offensive Super Bowl I've ever seen. Uh, it was up there. I'm not sure how it was the. I wonder if the Detroit fans are kind of watching that. And what if the Detroit fans are watching Matt Patricia and thinking the same way the Giants fans were watching Pat Shermer in the NFC title game? Like, you never judge a coach by, a, by one game, but, ooh, that was just terrible. Um, yeah. But you, you thought with 2.30 to go in New England getting the ball back one, you thought it was going to happen. I can't imagine anyone – would have thought anyone would have put money on Philly at that point. Yeah, what what was going through my head was the song, and here we are again. I mean, it just 
it was like, here we go, here we go, here we go. And then Brendan Graham, thank you so much for doing what you needed to do. Because just like Saturday Night Live did on Saturday night, Boston, you've won five championships. We've heard it. Now shut up. Seriously. Just be quiet. But the best part and the best prognostication of that Saturday Night Live skit was, Philadelphia, you are in this game. Just because the British don't burn down your town doesn't mean you have to. And unfortunately, that's what they did. I don't, Seth, I don't get it. I don't get the allure of burning. I don't get the allure of looting. And maybe it's, look, I have to think, if the Jets won a Super Bowl, that the reaction that happened in Philadelphia would not happen in New York? Well, there's two reasons. Number one, it's a Jets. It's nothing personal. You don't have enough fans to have that kind of – it's a town that at best – you just don't. Uh, All right, if the Rangers won. Let's say the Rangers. If the Rangers won. I don't think you'd have it. No, because New York has seen winners before. You've had the Yankees. You've had, you know, I mean, look, usually the Ranger fans may not be Yankee fans, but you, you, you've you seen victories here. You know, a de- Devils are a pseudo New York team. You know, Philly, it's been just one desperate stretch after another. You, you had 2009 when you won the World Series. You had 1983 when you won the, the NBA championship. And you had 1976 when you won uh, the Stanley Cup. So 2017, you know, it's, it's been a law. It's been a 46-year – I mean, the last time I think the Eagles won the championship, I want to say it was when Chuck Bednarik knocked out Frank Gifford, which was 1960. It was. So that's 50, Absolutely. Okay, so that's 50, 57 years ago. There's a and, and we both have a lot of friends who are Philly fans, and you can see the pent up frustration and anger. And it's not really pent up; it's just they're angry. They're angry sports fans. There's no other way to put it. And this, you know, I've never quite understood this, and you know, I, I've you know, I've never saw the the appeal of burning somebody's car when when you win a championship. But uh, I will credit to one thing: Jason Kelsey's speech was awesome. If you heard that today at the parade, I did not. I did not hear it at the parade. I I, I have been in Toronto. Uh, they don't believe in football in Toronto, so I I did not. Uh, I did the, not the, hear the it. They, they do the, believe in the they, CFL. They have the Toronto Argonauts. Yeah, actually, that was right. a question well, from Carly. Carly doesn't can't that? understand why they're the world champions if there are leagues in Europe and Canada. They're not. They're the and, Super Bowl champions. But they're all, they go by world champions as well. And I guess that was what, what was said by, I forget who was doing the post game. And I tried to explain, but it just didn't really matter. Uh, I think she just liked making a point. Uh, <laughs> what a surprise. Your so, wife and, wanting to make a point? Never would have. Yeah. Never, never, never. Nope. Understood. So, I mean, going, so the game ends and you, you have, you know, the, the big confusion you, know, you have enormous confusion with Malcolm Butler, which still hasn't been satisfied to anybody's uh, – to anyone. 
I really think the best rumor I heard, which I think makes the most sense to me, was that Belichick found out he was a leak in the ESPN story. And that was the ultimate F. Okay. I actually think that may, he's not injured. He hadn't done anything. He missed a flight because he was sick, which had been legitimate, which was legitimate. He played 98% of the, of the snaps during the regular season. And you benched him against the team against a quarterback who threw for 400 yards. It's the only thing that makes sense to me. Now, well, I think if he did, that's an ultimate F you to his players because there's a time to, I guess, because we all knew Butler would be a free agent after the game, that he'd never have a chance to do anything like that again. But that, if that's the reason, man, I don't even know what to respond to that. Well, if that's the reason, that's the reason. I mean, I don't think we'll ever find out for several no, reasons. You know, Belichick, you know, Belichick's not, if that's the reason, you know, Belichick's not saying it because that makes Belichick look awfully pity, uh, petty, excuse me, not pity, petty. petty, makes him look awfully petty. And if you, and if, if Butler says it, then Butler looks like the ultimate narc. You're not going to get – if that's the reason neither one of these guys is, is opening their mouths and saying that. Completely agree. And Yeah. Now, let's go to a second thing. We know Malcolm Butler's gone because he's a free agent. And quite frankly, I don't have a – if I'm Malcolm Butler, I'm not exactly the happiest person in the world anyway after the way that they re- held him out to dry last year. At the offseason. Now, I do understand the trades take place. I do understand that offers and acceptance and people go out on the trading block, but they basically yo-yoed him all around last last offseason. And then you go give the money that supposedly is to your top corner, who is Malcolm Butler, and they said that numerous times. Oh, well, we'll just give that money to Stephon Gilmore. And while you've asked for a trade – and you said, we will trade you. Now, we're, we have a trade in place in New Orleans. Nope, nope, nope. You're just going to come back. I can understand why Malcolm Butler is not the happiest guy in the world. That's number one. Number two, I can also understand why Chris Ballard and Jim Irsay aren't very happy right now. Now, the best tweet I have ever seen, and I will say ever, now, I'm going to go find it, but it was something to the effect of Jim Irsay. Now you know what it's like when somebody tells you one thing and then skips out then in the middle went, of the night. The problem was it wasn't Jim or it wasn't, was it Jim or was it the father? It was Bob Irsay that, that moved so, him out, but it it was pretty, I saw the, t- the tweet as well. I think it was by, I, I don't remember who, if it was Cleveland yep. or someone in Baltimore. I assume it was someone in Baltimore. Um, but it was pretty funny. Um, I am curious to see how this plays out for Josh McDaniels, a guy who did not leave under the greatest of circumstances from Denver. You know, it, it, and again, I read it, Greg Doyle, who used to be a CBS sports writer who writes for the Indianapolis Star now, decimated McDaniels 
and understandably so as the Colts beat writer, but he's pretty harsh on the Indies as a, as a, in general. You know, the problem I, you have with this is if you don't want the job, don't take the job. But you now have guys who have quit other jobs to come over. You've screwed yep. over Indy in regards to other head coaching candidates. And ironically, you almost yep. wonder to New England, to Kraft and to Belichick, is this the ultimate FU for deflate for starting Deflategate? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Because, you know, I don't know. Because other than – McDaniels is not getting another head coaching job outside of New England. I don't think I, – I, I can't see that in the next four or five years happening. I just don't. Because I don't know how anyone could put any trust into anything the guy says. So the only thing you're looking at is you're looking, now you're looking at a team where your quarterback is 42 years old. You don't have a backup quarterback. Your defense is not great in losing its, in losing its coordinator. And your offense, you know, your offense is, is your offense. But you're going to lose Deion White. You know, Gronkowski is now talking about retirement which I don't really believe, but, you know, they, McDaniels, they, I, I'm, as I said, I'm assuming there's now an unwritten agreement that McDaniels will take over for Belichick. Because I can't imagine how, how, how else this happens. The only other thing that makes sense to me is if they determine that Luck isn't going to be able to play next season either. And then for all intents and purposes, you have a minor league team. And which is something he didn't know at that point. I don't know. That's 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 my thought on it. All right. So let let's go through the process. If it's the latter, if it's the luck, right? If it's the luck situation, why doesn't McDaniel's just say it? That that's my feeling on that. Now you could get into the concept that it's confidential information and that it shouldn't be revealed no matter what, I, I get that. Okay, I, I can go with that. I, I still think that it's crap. I, I think what he did was absolute nonsense by hiring people and then foregoing it. Now, good on the Colts for honoring those contracts. Definitely good on the Colts. Uh, look, I, I'm not the biggest Jim Mersey fan to begin with, but he certainly has treated those people correctly. Right, uh, but again, yeah. you bring in a head coach. First of all, who wants to bring in a head coach where you have three coaches already in place? That's that happens exactly... a lot, though, Seth. That happens a lot. It does. That happens but this is kind more of than you know with... that happens. Right, but typically that happens when people know the personnel, and you've been there for years, and you have a feel. These guys, there's okay. no feel. I can... Nobody has a clue. I mean, all you know about Indy's personnel is that they're really bad. <laughs> I mean, you know, so, I mean, to me, I look at that and just say, this is a complete and utter cluster beep. We, we, wait, wait, wait. We have a new word for that. It's a dumpster fire. Come on. Use the correct Seth and Sean terminology here. It's a dumpster fire. Okay. It is, it is absolutely a dumpster fire. So uh, I, know, I don't I, dis- I, I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I do wonder where they go. Do they go for 
the, the special teams coach in Kansas City, do, do they uh, Nagy, do they go for? I mean, I really don't know where they go for this now. Um, I mean, look, there's a million people who would take the job. I just don't know. I, I don't have a feel. I have no feel for who for who for where they would go. Well, Leslie Frazier was um, was interviewed today, supposedly for that job. So we'll see. Where is uh, Leslie like Frazier even been in? Where has Leslie Frazier even been in the last five? He was he was a candidate for literally every every head coaching job five years ago, and I don't think I've heard his name in the last two years. Where was he coaching? Well, he got the he got the job right. He got. Uh, he was the Minnesota job. He had Minnesota from 2011 to 2013, and right now he's the defensive coordinator for the Bills. Wow, have I really forgotten that he was the head coach for Minnesota? Yes, yes. Wow, I, I completely forgot. Um, he moved his okay. way all the way up. He was he was the defensive coordinator, then he was the assistant head coach, and then he became the interim head coach after Brad Childress left or got fired, and then he was the head coach. Now, Leslie Frazier does have some uh, some history with the Colts. He was a defensive assistant with them and an assistant head coach in 2006. I mean, we're talking over 10 years ago already. But, um, and remember, too, we still have the – I hate to say that some of the interviews are sham interviews for the sake of – fulfilling the Rooney rule, but it, it has to be stated that Leslie Frazier is African-American. Yeah. And maybe he's, perhaps he's being interviewed solely to satisfy that. And that, you know, that's a problem people have brought up recently. And, and I agree. Is the Rooney rule really doing what it's supposed to be doing? Uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, is it a sham? Not really sure. I mean, you got, you got coaches hired in, in Oakland, like Gruden, where they hired him before they interviewed anybody. Right. So we knew that didn't happen, right? I mean, oh, your favorite guy, Eric DaCosta, got a job in Baltimore. And they hired why him. Is he my favorite, why is he my favorite guy? Because, because you always wanted him to be the GM of oh, the Giants. Of the Giants. You continually yeah. said, I want him to be my GM. I want him to be my GM. I, I mean, at, at nauseum, you said that over the last 10 years. Every time the, the Giants were in a bad struggle, you're like, man, I wish DaCosta would just leave the Ravens and Jerry Reese would be fired. Because you were not the biggest Jerry Reese guy. Never. No, was. I was not. Never was. Um, Although, if I had a GM that brought me two Super Bowls, I'd kind of be okay with it. Anyway, continue on. If you had a GM that brought you to a title game, you'd be you'd be jumping through the roof with joy. I had one. You, I've got, I had one. You it's, did. His name is Mike Tannenbaum. You did. Who's now? I don't even know where he is now. But um, really, he's the GM of Miami. GM the Dolphins. The Dolphins. As I said, it's been a long day. Uh, <laughs> I, I would I would know that in a typical time. Um, so the one thing we so the other thing we have to talk about because we haven't discussed it and I just put it on because it started tonight. Hey, the Olympics are in Korea. 
Because when I think of winter, Korea is the first place to come to mind. Well, there's already been some uh, some discussion and some uh, what's the word I'm looking for? What's the word I'm looking for? Where two people have an argument? An argument? Controversy? No, controversy. Bing, ding, 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 ding. We've already had a controversy. Did you hear about this one? Is this the figure skater who wouldn't talk to Mike Pence? No, that's a better controversy, but that's not the one I'm talking about. This is about who holds the flag tomorrow night. No, today I I, I saw there was something that Shani Davis said was ridiculous, but I didn't see what it was. Exactly. So there are two uh, losers, I think that's the sport that they're in, Aaron Hamilton and Shani Davis. And they're both in, I think, their fourth or fifth Olympics. I mean, they've, they've been around the block, <laughs> needless to say. Right. And Fair enough. They're both very, yeah, and they're both very uh, skilled and have won a couple of medals each, uh, world champions here, there, and the other where. And as usual, every four years, somebody's got to hold the flag. So these are the two of the two guys, or two people, excuse me, that were put in front of the committee of eight, and they both got four votes apiece. That's how they – so, as they do in every other sport, except – well, not every other sport. They do in the NFL draft. What happens when you have a tie? You flip a coin. (laughs) So, they flip the coin to decide who would hold the flag, and Aaron – I think her name is Hamlin. Aaron Hamlin wins. So Shani Davis tweets out, basically, paraphrasing This is bullshit. Erin Hamlin got it. This is BS. She got it because I'm black. I couldn't believe it. (laughs) I, I, I mean... I mean, really, we're, we're in China. We're in the uh, – sorry, we're in uh, Korea. We're, we're, in the, we're, we're in the Olympics. The Olympics haven't even started yet, and we have a controversy. This, well, this it's the awful. only thing – this way, it's the, only, it's the only thing that's been remotely interesting. Have you heard one word about the Olympics? One thing Other about than, the Olympics. Other than, uh, other than the NHL's not in it? Yes. No. Yeah. I haven't yeah. heard anything yeah. other than the NHL is not in it. I have never seen an Olymp- Olympics with so, with so little publicity, with so little anything to it. And I'm just ecstatic that I'm we're getting TVs in our office in Jersey, so while I'm working, I can have the Olympics on over the next couple of weeks because there is nothing more exciting to me than watching mixed curling, which I have on right now. Well, hold on a second. You do understand, my friend, you're not going to be watching anything during the day. I'll be watching. I'll be watching. Well, no, it's a, it's a, there's some. I, th- I guess it's probably a 12-hour difference. So I may not be, you're right. I may not be watching anything. And that's uh, kind of why you're not hearing anything. Because it's, re- it's going to be very hard to watch anything live in this Olympic Games. Even when you were in Russia, it wasn't exactly 12 hours. It was, I think it was 14 or 16. So there was, 
if you wanted to get up for that hockey game at 6 a.m., you were good to go. But having it exactly 12 is very – like, it's going to be on NBC. I mean, look, if you watched NBC at all the last two weeks, you know the Olympics are on NBC. And you know every, every one of your favorite shows is not going to appear until March because they have pushed that more and more every single day I watch it. But the fact is, you're not going to watch anything. I don't know if I'm going to watch anything on the Olympics live this year. So let's go quickly. We did this four years ago. We'll do it now. What, are the, what sports are you going to watch? I'm going to read through them. You just tell me yes or no. Because we have about eight minutes. Okay. Yep. Alpine skiing. No. Wait. Yeah, I will. Lindsey Vaughn. No, still won't. Yeah. Nope. Biathlon. Nope. Bobsled. So are you saying, will I watch them live or will I look for highlights? Or wh- where's the where's the when they're on NBC or NBCSN, and your choice is watching that or watching the Knicks Hornets. Okay, fair enough. Okay, are, go ahead. Bobsled, no. Nope. So I'll watch that. Cross country. Curling. Yes. It's on NBCSN that right now. China versus Canada. Feel the fire. Yes! <laughs> I think I'll, okay. put on, I'll be honest. I think I'm going to put on Duke Carolina. Um, of course you are. Freestyle skiing. Nope. Figure skating. Yep. I'll watch a little bit of that. The ice hockey. Yes. Even though you're not going to know anyone. That's you're part okay of why that. I'll watch it. And I'll know every single Russian. <laughs> Is the U.S. going to medal in ice hockey this year? Yes. Really? That's my prediction. Yes. Name three guys on the U.S. team. They will medal. Name three guys. Brian Gianta. I got one. Oh, Phil Phil, Phil Bork. No, Chris Bork. Chris Bork, two. Who's Chris Bork? Is that Ray's son? Yep. That's two. Is there wow, a third I'm getting that old. I know? I don't know the third. I got I got two. I'll stick with two. USA. Okay. Um okay. Luge. Yes, I love watching the Luge. I think it's kind of actually neat watching Luge. So I will watch that. The Nordic combined. Hold on, do you watch Luge to see an accident or do you watch Luge to watch Luge? Because I'm not really like sure which one I do. But that's, yeah, kind of okay. the NASCAR, that's kind of the NASCAR syndrome. Like, I don't really watch NASCAR, okay, but enough. like, why do people like it? They want to see a car crash. Okay, fair enough. So, okay. okay. So, short track speed skating. Yes, because we have a 16-year-old yes. kid. 16-year-old kid is going gonna, is gonna to get the gold. So, go ahead. I, I just find it actually a really fun sport to watch. Plus, it's like hardcore roller derby where they beat the crap out of each other. <laughs> skeleton. skeleton. No. 
it's kind of the same thing as lose your bobsled. Ski jumping. Yes. Somebody's going to crash. Yep. Snowboarding. No. I'm not any. We're not. It's we're not cool. games guys. It does nothing. It's cool, but it's, it doesn't really do much. It's cool, but it's cool, but it's not an Olympic sport to me. So no. And uh, the last one was. Hold on. Let me go back here. Speed skating. We just said. Oh, short track or regular? Yeah, I'll watch speed skating. Yeah, I like speed skating. There are a lot less sports in the winter than there are in the summer. That is true. And, I, look, I will be, always be grateful for the 2016 Summer Olympics because they were literally started two days after my son was born. So while I sat there with my baby nurse and my, and my half-dead wife taking care of my one-year-old at 3 o'clock in the morning, or taking care of my one-week-old at 3 o'clock in the morning, he gave me something to do. All right. And, so so we, have three, we have three minutes left, so I'm just going to say one thing. For anybody so, who thinks that Seth was allowed to do anything with one week of a kid with a baby nurse sitting there, you guys need to get your heads examined. It, <laughs> it did not happen. It did, he watched attentively, but it did not happen. Okay, go ahead, Seth. Well, the Olympics, although I don't enjoy them as much as I used to, do hold a, uh, a soft spot. Four years ago, uh, on actually the day, I think it was the opening day of the Olympics, was when I actually asked out my uh, my my, female, my platonic female my platonic female friend, um, who is now uh, <laughs> my baby mama of one your and pa- the second one. Your platonic wife. <laughs> my platonic my platonic wife. It, it, at one point, it was you, Sean, and then, then it was Carly. Well, she's not really platonic, and now it's a combination uh. of my business partner. So, um, yeah, so for, uh, then two years ago during the Olympics, we had my son. And while there's nothing forthcoming as far as I know in the next uh, 10 days, I do hope the soft spot for it. And I do enjoy it for what it's worth. I'm certainly not the world's biggest patriot um, or most patriotic, I should say. But there is, we've talked about this over the years. We didn't touch on it because, as I said, we've talked so little about the Olympics this time. But there is something to be said to me for the people who forego careers and for pretty much put their livelihood, put their livelihood on hold for years, sometimes even dec- a decade, to make a run at this. And because of it, I think they deserve, they do deserve a great deal of respect, as opposed to you know professionals who love it but are making millions of dollars regardless of whether they make it or not. It just doesn't have the same, you know, amateur esque spirit to it. Um, so you know, I. I'll enjoy it for what it's worth. I'm watching Duke Carolina. I'm sure I'll switch back and forth between that and Canada, China curling. That's just how I roll. Um, And hopefully we'll talk a little bit more about it next week. Yep. That's right. So for Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer. Enjoy the Olympics. Watch the opening ceremonies tomorrow. And if you're looking for something to do while you're doing that, play the game. Guess where the country is located. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) Trust me. I, it's awesome fun. Okay, guys, have a great week, and we'll see you next, year, next week. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.